Hello and welcome to another episode of Kings and Brothers. This is episode six. Thank you so much to those of you who have listened from the beginning. I'm really excited to bring another episode this week. I think I mentioned maybe at the end of the other episode or online that I'm starting to look into the possibility of bringing some guests on periodically. I've had a few people reach out and I'm starting to compile a list of potential guests. So keep that in mind. I'm still not really sure what the structure exactly will be of the frequency there, but it's something I'm beginning to think about because I do want to bring other people's perspectives to the podcast to uh, gain some wisdom from them and see what they have to add to the conversation. So if you do have somebody that you think would be a good fit for the podcast that you know of, feel free to let me know. I definitely would appreciate the input and um, we'll see where it goes. But uh, today we're going to talk about what is your standard? What is your standard? I think it's very important that if you don't have a standard that you start to set one. And if you do have a standard right now, it's a good idea to evaluate that from time to time. So that's going to be what we're talking about today. But let's let's start at the basics. What is a standard? Uh, if you want the dictionary definition, it, it is a level of quality or a, a, or attainment. It can also be an idea or thing used to measure norm or model in comparative evaluations. Now, if we think about this as a practical example, if you think about a builder, they obviously have to use measurements, measuring tapes, other measuring devices to, to build the foundation of a home, the walls, the roof that the house is built on. And if the standard measurement is not kept, the house will inevitably collapse. It's just common sense, right? If the same measures that are used on the foundation aren't used on the house, uh, the walls aren't used on the roof, then things aren't going to line up. The house may go up in some fashion. It's not going to look right. And eventually there will be erosions. There will be problems. In Christianity, we talk about the Bible being the standard. And basically what we mean when we say that is it's what we use to weigh any decision or questions. And at its most basic level, it's what we use to determine what's right or wrong. So a standard of measurement is vitally important, and it's very easy to see this in the construction example I used, but when we think about it in the other areas of our lives, sometimes we have this idea that it doesn't apply. We think that a little deviance here or a little change there won't matter if we're just a little off, right? But I want to tell you this thinking is incredibly dangerous to somebody who wants more out of life, somebody who's interested in growth and expanding and being ambitious, A little here, a little there is the difference between success and failure. Your standard, then, is who you are when nobody's watching. You've probably heard the saying that, uh, you've probably heard this as a description of character. So think of your standard as a synonym for character. It's the idea of not letting little things go, uh, even when it would be easy to... And it helps you train you to keep your standard regardless of having to get a little bit uncomfortable in those situations where you have to push back on somebody uh, to keep your standard. Now, uh, this is a somewhat silly example, but especially if if you're somebody who has trouble standing up for yourself or you just take things very easily and you maybe tend to be um, a little bit of a doormat, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but some people's personalities are just that way. Um, I go to, before I work out, uh, whenever I go work out every day, 
Um, when I work out in the morning, I usually stop either before or after to get a cup of coffee at this gas station because it's right by the gym. And I get their extra large coffee because, one, I drink a lot of coffee and it's just a few more cents than the other size. But a lot of times, as you know, a lot of gas stations, they maybe aren't kept up the best. The, the cups for the extra large, they won't be in the holder. And it's very easy for me to just think, oh, it's not a big deal. I'll just get the large or the medium this time, and hopefully tomorrow the, the cups will be there. That would be very easy for me to do. You know, you don't want to cause a problem, don't want to bother the attendant, don't want to seem like you're causing a scene. But I started to go up when that happens and say, hey, can you, the extra large cups are out, can I have one? Now, you may see that, seeing that as a silly example, but I think. If you have trouble in that kind of situation, then a lot of times you're going to have trouble in the more the bigger, more impactful situations. So if you are somebody who struggles with holding the standard, um, keeping your boundaries, then little exercises like that is very helpful to train yourself to react in the bigger situations. Because even in these small things, you're setting the stage for how do I act, do I hold my standard, and how do I let other people treat me? So that's really important. Now, sometimes when somebody is in trouble, let's say with a relationship or has some other problem that needs, they need to instantly change um, or there's going to be an even larger problem, you'll see that they make a radical change in a positive way very quickly. However, this sends the, this isn't the right approach because you shouldn't do your best for somebody else. You have to do it for yourself. While it may work initially to make this radical change for somebody else, if the change is driven by somebody else, it's not ultimately going to stick for you. It's not going to become a habit. Think about it this way. Let's say that you change some behavior to please your girlfriend, and for a while she's happy, she's thrilled, she likes the change, she responds positively. But what happens if you break up? Was that change even something that you wanted? And even if it was, will you continue it if she's no longer with you? Most likely not. A standard is something that you do for you, not because of how somebody reacts to you. Another way to think about the idea of a standard is, this is who I am, so this is what I do. This is who I am, so this is what I do. It strengthens your identity. Do you know who you are, or have you just become an amalgamation or a combination of what other people want you to be or told you that you are? I think that's a very legitimate question, even if you're somebody like me who's 34 or 35, I don't even, um, maybe I'm 35 this year. Even if you're a 35-year-old man like me, that's a legitimate question to ask. Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you have the goals that you have? Why do you look the way that you do? Why do you weigh how, how much you weigh? Why do you have the relationships you have? Why do you dress the way you do? Why do you go to the church that you attend? Are these all part of who you are or someone else's vision for your life? And I think a lot of us haven't done the work to understand who we really are and what we really want out of life. It's admittedly hard work to do that, to, to think back, to really consider all of those things I mentioned. Because it's true that all of us, you hear in the media or, you know, about programming and programming kids to do this or that. And it's true that we are all programmed. It's the question is, are we programmed for good or programmed for bad? And so 
you have to really be introspective about how have you been programmed growing up and by other means, and is that benefiting you? Is that really how you want to live your life? Or are you just taking up other people's thoughts and feelings about how you should live your life and adopting those? And a few years ago, I wrote a book um, called Growing Up Godly, which is about whether or not your faith is truly your own. Because a lot of people's faith is not really their faith. It's It was given to them by their grandparents or their parents, and maybe that was a good thing, but they haven't really taken ownership of your faith. And we see that in every area of your life. It doesn't just apply to your spiritual walk. So let's talk about what is the benefit of having a standard? What does it do for you? Now, your standard entails how you act, what you accept, what you allow in all areas of your life. It's your operating procedures for life. Maybe the company you work for has SOPs, standard operating procedures. Just think about this as your own. You need your own standard operating procedures. And it gives you a framework to operate from. One thing that's very important to point out is that you don't change your standards based on other people's reaction to it. Your standard cannot be based on trying to get something from somebody else. Let's say that at work you are trying to impress your boss to get a promotion. You know, it's we just got through end of year, so maybe you're going through the promotion cycle right now. So you start working a little extra time. You contribute to meetings more, and you volunteer for a project nobody else wants. And after a time, your boss gives the promotion to someone else. If that happened, you would probably be extremely upset and most likely will stop doing all those extra activities. Why? Because those activities weren't part of your standard. You were just trying to get something from somebody. If it was your standard, then yes, you would still be initially disappointed you didn't get the promotion, but you would keep doing the work because it was your standard. See the difference? Let's take it into the relationship realm. Now, let me preface this by saying I told you at the very beginning of this podcast, not this podcast, but the first episode, that I wanted to talk about real stuff on this podcast I want to talk about the real issues men face, not just fluffy talk and obscure platitudes that don't really help us. And I hope that's what you want too. That's what I want and why I am creating this tribe because too often I go to church, I go to men's studies, I go to men's meetings, and we don't talk about the real issues men face. It's a lot of, let's just pray about it, or here's the scripture that may or may not apply to my situation, Maybe even in a very broad sense, but not the particular issue I'm dealing with. Now, let me be very clear. I am in no way saying prayer and reading scripture is not helpful and not absolutely vital in the life of the Christian. But the Bible is not a step-by-step guide that discusses every single thing we face. It's a framework in how to live, but its primary focus is on telling the story of God and his plan to save mankind. Now, with that being said... Let's take this example into the relationship space. Sometimes men who are frustrated with their sexual relationship with their wife will begin to try and do more things around the house, be more affectionate, you know, take out the trash more, um, have more conversations, etc., etc. Whatever their wife's love language is, they'll try to do that more. And if their wife doesn't respond the way they want, they'll become angry and upset. Why? Same as the above example, because they weren't doing those things from a giving heart, but in order to get something from their wife. Those actions were not their standard to be helpful, 
And so when they didn't get what they want, then they stop those actions. So just to be clear, yes, you should do those things around the house. You should help. You should have delineation of duties where you have clear communication of what your responsibilities are in the home and what her responsibilities are. Of course, you should be kind and affectionate to your wife, to speak to her lovingly, to listen when she needs uh, an ear to hear. That should be the standard. And so regardless of how she responds to that, you're keeping the standard. That should be how you act. So another benefit of having a standard is it allows you to work on autopilot and eliminates decision fatigue. When you're faced with a decision that goes against your standard, you don't have to think about it. It's an easy no. For example, if your standard is not to eat desserts when someone offers you one, you can automatically say, no, that doesn't align with my standard. I talked about on a previous episode where when I was 13 years old, I didn't eat desserts for a year. That was very simple. That was the standard. I was not going to deviate when... I I went to a party and people had desserts. It wasn't on the table. When somebody offered me ice cream, it wasn't on the table. When we went to the grocery store and there was desserts I would like to pick up, it wasn't an option. It made it very easy. It made, I was on autopilot. You don't have to go back and forth in your mind juggling whether or not to eat it. A little bit more serious example, if you're frustrated with your wife and you're tempted to lash out, if your standard is to communicate with kindness, you can more easily act with, your standard. Because I do think it's important to point out that decision fatigue is a real thing. We are faced with so many decisions, big and small, on a daily basis that it can be overwhelming. You may recall the great Apple CEO, Steve Jobs, was famous for the clothes he wore. He had a clothing uniform where he pretty much wore the same thing on a daily basis, and he said he did this to eliminate the decisions of what to wear each day to free his mind for more important decisions. No, I'm not saying you need to do that exact thing, but the principle is worth applying. Think of your standard as your life uniform. Maybe as a more lighthearted example, you may recall the phrase from Pirates of the Caribbean. Anytime there is a decision point, one of the pirates would always say, keep to the code. They didn't have to outline the exact example or action. They all knew what the pirate code was, and so they acted in accordance with it. It eliminated the thought process. It eliminated the decision fatigue. Another thing having a standard does is it gives you moral authority to lead your family and others. If you try to lead your family or coworkers or employees or at church and they see that either you don't have a standard or you don't keep to it, they'll, they'll view you as a hypocrite. And even if you do give them good advice, they'll reject it. You have no room to stand in their mind if they see that you're not living to a particular standard and you're not living by the advice that you dole out. It's very interesting to see all the people online who are giving advice on certain things, but you can tell very clearly that they aren't applying it themselves. It's, would you, would you, would you pay a fitness coach money if they were overweight? Would you pay a nutritionist to give you a, a, a diet plan if they were overweight? Would you go to a marriage counselor who was, had multiple divorces? It's the same idea. It's if you want to be in a leadership position, you have to keep to a standard. You have to be living those ideals that you preach. 
It's action over words all the time. And the final thing a standard does is it helps you align your values and actions with your dreams. For a lot of people, we have big dreams, but our values aren't in alignment with those. What do I mean by that? We say we want to lose weight and be healthy, but we don't have a regular workout schedule and we don't eat healthy. Or we say, you know, I just want to have a great marriage. I love my wife so much. But we don't plan date nights. We don't communicate effectively with our wives. Or maybe we say, my goal is I want to be a business owner. I want to own a business. That's my, that's my big goal in life. I want to be self-sufficient. But we don't invest the money in a coach to help us. We don't take extra time that we have on the weekends or at nights or early in the morning to work on the business. Instead, we spend it on leisure activities, watching the game, hanging out with friends, finding any excuse to go do those things instead of, say, invest the time in building that business we said was our dream. And then the ironic thing is then you'll hear excuses down the road about why it wasn't possible for them. See the problem? Having a standard helps you bridge the gap between your actions and your goals. Because when you have a standard, you are committed to doing those actions. They are the bridge between what I say I want and the goal that I have set out for. Your standard bridges the gap. So I think it's logical to ask, how do I come up with a standard? Maybe I haven't been living by one. Maybe I've just been kind of flying by the seat of my pants, letting things come to me as they do. I think you need to ask some questions that are going to help you figure out what your standard should be. And some of those are, how do I want to treat other people? How do I want other people to treat me? What do I expect from myself? What does the ultimate version of myself do? How do they act? What do they think? And how do I want to show up in the world? After you've answered those questions, take those answers and sort them out into each area of your life. Your, your physical health, your spirit, spirituality, your relationships, your career, and maybe your finances. Write all those down and now begin to live by that. That becomes your standard. That becomes your standard operating procedure. Now, you can refine it over time, but the important thing is to get started now and not wait. A lot of times we, um, we get overwhelmed with the, what we think is the enormity of writing, writing this plan down or writing goals down. It can be overwhelming at first, and so we think, if, I'm not going to do it until it's perfect. Or, I'm not going to do it until I have the exact right words. Don't, don't do that. Just start writing. It's a lot more important to have a less than perfect standard than none. And now that you have it written down, now you have something to measure it against and see how you're doing. Because that's the other thing. It's extremely powerful to have something written down. It's, it's, it's weird how our minds work, but that's just how it is. If it's just in your mind, it's not as powerful. Once you've put it down on paper, it becomes a living document. It becomes almost official. And so now you have a little bit of accountability there, even if it's just with you. Now we want to add more accountability, and I think that's why you should go join the Facebook group for Kings and Brothers because we're going to start having more interaction there and accountability because the first step is writing it down and having a little bit of self-accountability. But if you really want to accelerate living to your standard, getting somebody to hold you accountable outside of yourself is a lot better. So I hope that's helpful. I think 
again, like I started out, if you are somebody who wants more out of life, that's ambitious, that sees you aren't pushing as hard as you should be, that knows you have more to offer, this is a good first step. And so I'd encourage you to take those questions and start writing that out on paper. Go join the Kings and Brothers Facebook group. Subscribe, like on iTunes and Spotify. Also follow on Instagram. We're just getting started here. A lot more to come. Again, I really appreciate the support. I hope this was helpful. Let me know in the comments on social media or on the podcast. And we will talk again next week.